The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we are underway here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7 inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on this Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. Another gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you're doing well. I uh, hope you are uh, having a good week so far. I feel like it should be later than Tuesday doesn't it it feel like it should be like a Thursday maybe even a Friday I mean we got to get this week through and over with but Hope you're doing well. Uh, lots to talk about on the show today. I uh, want to continue talking the reactions from Auburn and Ole Miss. What can Auburn do to fix some of these problems? Uh, Auburn also picked up a football commitment. I want to talk a little bit about that today as well. Uh, we'll have question of the day. We'll be talking a little college football more broadly. Uh, we talked about it, covered it a little bit on the show yesterday, um, but we will uh, be discussing that later on. Have a special guest coming in at 2.30 uh, that I'm really, really excited about. My friend Logan Parks, who uh, is a bass fisherman, and uh, you maybe have heard the name. He's been competing uh, for years and years and years now, and um, he, he just had a huge accomplishment uh, in, in the bass fishing world. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, he's hosting a tournament coming up in November uh, that he wants to shout out and wants to talk to you about and I'm genuinely really interested in it um, he, he has done some really good things out there and so really excited to have him join me here in the studio coming up in the next 30 minutes or so that'll be at 2 30 it is Tuesday which means it's double D Daryl Dapperich will join us coming up in hour number two we'll get his thoughts and reactions from Auburn football against Ole Miss and get his thoughts on what in the world's going on and how can Auburn get better um, and move forward to Mississippi State coming up this weekend. So that's what's on the show today. Of course, phone lines are open. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. How are you feeling on, on Tuesday now that it's been multiple days, right? If you didn't call in yesterday and didn't give me your thoughts on Auburn Ole Miss, give me a call today. Um, I'm really curious on where everybody stands because we've already gotten some really unique perspectives and some takes on this game in this season so far for Auburn Uh, and so if you didn't call in yesterday and didn't get your thoughts out there on the radio give me a call today I want to hear from you and even if you did call yesterday and maybe you've changed your mind or maybe you thought of something else that you want to uh, harp on and talk about some more let's talk about it I want to hear from you whether it's Auburn whether it's college football in general whatever's on your mind on a Tuesday afternoon give me a call 334-321-1390 
1390. And before we talk a little more Auburn and Ole Miss, um, I do want to look at uh, a commitment that Auburn picked up in in football. And I know it doesn't seem like the timing is is there, right? Especially with um, everything going on, but you do have a three-star commitment in Caleb Harris. He's a 6'2", 195-pound safety slash linebacker, mainly plays safety. Uh, He's from right up the road. He plays at Thompson High. We know how good Thompson High School is. Um, We know uh, the, the amount of talent that they have coming out of that program and so again he's a three-star he's ranked number 71 safety uh, nationally according to 247 Um, he had a ton of offers and I don't want you to be turned off because he's quote only a three-star like I feel like that happens quite often and that happens a lot of times where oh he's not a four and five star well then we don't want him Auburn has to have four and five stars to compete with those around the SEC, which is a fact, which is true. But I talk about a lot of times guys like this as three stars, as talented as Caleb Harris is, as talented of a player that he is, the program he's been playing for. We know that players that come out of Thompson in this state of Alabama, they are good players. They're coached the right way and they're taught the right way. And I talk a lot about how three stars like Caleb Harris develop into four stars and become even better and have that potential to do so, and I absolutely think this guy can. Here's some of the big names that he had offers from. Clemson, LSU, Penn State, Florida State. How about a couple of SEC schools in Arkansas and the Florida Gators? Like, this is... A massive list that this guy had and he's a he's a senior this year he's in the 2024 class um this guy is really really talented and again I don't want people to get caught up in the rankings because Auburn's gonna need somebody like this you've got seniors back there in the secondary that will not be here next year and we also know that Auburn's dealing with injuries on that side of the football. And it seems like there are more injuries on defense right now than there are on offense. And depth is always something that you're going to need in this conference. So I'm excited uh, about this commitment. It's another one to add to the list. Um, Whether you are overly excited about it or not, I think you should be. I absolutely think that you should be. Um, He is somebody that if you watch his film, he plays extremely hard. He loves Auburn. Um, He he really enjoyed his visits here from what I can understand. And it's another in-state kid. That's a huge factor in this. That's a huge part in this recruitment. And the fact that you get the commitment from him is you get a very talented player out of the state of Alabama that had offers to go pretty much wherever he wanted to go with the likes of Clemson, Florida State, LSU, Florida, like I mentioned. So it's a win for Auburn. It's another player to the class, and fans should be excited about it. And I've seen a pretty good response. I'm not saying that there's a ton of Auburn fans 
that aren't excited about this. I'm just saying in general, you should be excited. And with that, um, again, you're building that momentum. We know that uh, Auburn and Hugh Freeze especially are hammering the recruiting trail, recruiting all the way up to an hour or 30 minutes before kickoff and football games at home. I mean, it really, really is a lot of work that Hugh Freeze and this staff are putting in to recruiting. And I think it's paying off. I I really, really do. I think it's paying off with Caleb Harris joining the 2024 class. You've had some guys join the 25 class as well in the last couple of weeks with the likes of Kendarius Reddick um, and Jordan Crawford, right? So you are starting to pick up a little momentum. But as I mentioned, and as I keep saying, You've got to show some wins on the field. And you also got to show some progress being made on both sides of the football. Because you're preaching all of this concept, right? You're preaching all of this progress and you're and you're preaching that the program is on the rise, but you're still looking for that first SEC win. And I think that's really important to get. I think it's important to start winning some games. And we know that Auburn has a chance to do that, right? Auburn's got a chance in the back half of this schedule with a couple of games coming up against Mississippi State and Vanderbilt and Arkansas and, of course, New Mexico State to get some of those wins. But anybody that you can pick up right now, I think you are you are thankful for that. I think you are benefiting from that. You've already got some massive names out of this state. You've already got massive names that you have flipped from your two biggest rivals. And anytime you can win with a guy from a big school, 7A like Thompson, and get a guy that is a three-star that I think has potential to grow and get better as he's playing his senior year of high school, I think it's a win. I think Auburn should celebrate it. And look, Auburn's not done in 24 and in 25 and beyond when it comes to football recruiting. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Inspector, you're on the line, man. What's up? Well, since you're talking about recruiting, I want to talk about that for a minute. Okay. Um, these the coaches that we have on staff, I know it's some most the majority of them is the first year, but I I struggle to find out how good they are. I mean our wide receivers coach, which we're having a big problem with our receivers, correct? Mm-hmm. Who is Marcus Davis? I, you know, I've tried to research him, and I, the person I could find is a Marcus Davis in the NFL, and I know it's not him. No, I mean Marcus Davis. Uh, he, you know, he played. He used to play um, at Auburn, and he is, uh, of course, the uh, the receivers coach. He played at Auburn uh, in the mid teens of the two thousands from uh, twenty thirteen. I think you believe. I believe he played through twenty sixteen. Um, and he was a receivers coach at Georgia Southern. Um, he's had a few little jobs, or not little, but he's had a few. I guess smaller jobs in this position and was brought in and 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 yeah Auburn is having some troubles with with the receivers but I'm confident that a guy like him who is an Auburn guy that has worked with some decent names in his time uh can get this thing turned around but they got to turn it around right now Specter. That's right. Um uh, okay, I, uh, so that Marcus Davis is one of our own then. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe he'll work out. Maybe he just needs some experience. But let me, let me speak about Coleman out of Phoenix City. 
he's ready. He's ready to play. He's ready to show what he's what he's got. Mm-hmm. And Auburn doesn't have the quarterback, in my opinion, and doesn't have the, the staff to fit his fit his uh, his abilities. Uh, you know, let, let me. He. Uh, he went to Texas A&M. He committed to Texas A&M, right? Yeah, yeah. He's committed there. He hasn't, you know, not signed, sealed, and delivered, but he is committed there right now verbally. Yeah. You know why he? I think he committed to A&M? This is my opinion now. Maybe may be wrong. But Damian Craig is the wide receivers coach. And you know who Damian Craig is, right? Mm-hmm. And he said he had a great relationship with him. See, that's what it's all about, relationship. These these coaches have to have relationships with these recruits and these guys i don't know Dak etheridge is absolutely great you see what our secondary is doing yeah uh, wesley mcgriff absolutely great so we have no problem basically on defense our, our problem is on offense so um getting back to coleman you know i have to say that i can't believe that damian craig is what drew him to Texas A&M, but it helped a hell of a lot. Yeah. But I, th- I think the biggest thing is the NIL, and he's got the opportunity there at A&M. You know, we're talking about oil money. I was <laughs> he got that oil money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's and, there's no so, doubt. So uh, I, we got a, we got a big task if we're trying to flip Coleman. It is. And, and, uh, and, and here's the thing. You know, Cam Coleman – is extremely extremely talented and everybody knows that but especially after what happened last Friday night when he did the things he did against Auburn High School um he I mean he had what nine catches almost 300 yards and four touchdowns I mean the guy had an absolute night and people that I talked to that were there in person said it's one of the best wide receivers they've ever seen play the high school game and that Auburn has to do whatever they can throw the kitchen sink at him to try to get him to come to Auburn now you are having to battle NIL with Texas A&M who let's be honest they've got more NIL money than you but if Auburn can get somewhere close to that and then convince him that hey your career is better off here because of reasons x y and z and we can get you to the pros better and you'll be better prepared and all of that that's how auburn has to sell it until they do have proof of hey we've put these guys in the league and we've done this and this and this right because auburn doesn't really have that over the last couple of years so they've got to find a way to convince these guys and not trick them by any means but convince these guys that Auburn really is the right place for them because Cam Coleman can play anywhere in the country, Spectre. You know that. Right, exactly. Well, Auburn's got to show Coleman. He's got, they got to show him the offensive line. they got to show him the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you know, Central – I mean, Coleman didn't do it by himself at Central. He had a good quarterback to throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Had a good offensive line that gave that quarterback protection to throw him the ball. So it was a team effort. And um, if Coleman had a mediocre line and a mediocre quarterback, he wouldn't have the stats these guys. Right. No, I, that, those things definitely help. There's no doubt about it. And Auburn has to – you have to prove that you can bring that in and say, look, Cam Coleman or, or even Perry Thompson that's committed to Auburn right now, say, look, when you get here, we're going to have the guys around you to make you successful and we're going to get you the football as much as possible. Well, with that being said, this is what I do. You know how I am about Ashford. Mm-hmm. 
and this is the point in, of last year where where uh, Cadillac took over, and Ashford did pretty good in those last four or five games. Yeah. So uh, put him out there, let him do do or die, you know, sink or swim. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what else Auburn there. did? Auburn ran the ball like crazy. Yes, exactly. You got to do that. You have to do it. Yep. And don't and don't second guess yourself and start pulling people out and changing up. I mean, running backs were in and out of that game at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was awful. I mean, you, you had Hunter; he had a good start, and and all of a sudden he's out of the game. I didn't understand it. Yeah. Anyway. I'll let you go. I'll talk to you later. Appreciate the call, Specter. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. One thing I'll say before we get to break, Specter had brought up the relationship with coaches on a staff like Auburn or anywhere else in their relationship with recruits. And you hear, I mean, you hear, I would say, what, 85, 90% of high school recruits in football, basketball, whatever, say, yeah, you know, I love this school and I love this campus and I love this program, but my relationship with this position coach, right? My 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 relationship with Cadillac or my relationship with Coach Zach Etheridge or whatever it may be, you hear the majority of recruits talk about that specific relationship with that assistant coach in their side on their side of the ball in their specific position. And that is absolutely huge, Spectre. You're hundred percent right which is something that Auburn has been lacking over the last four to five years, whether it be the end of the Gus Malzahn era and then, of course, in the Brian Harson era where there was no relationship between coaches and recruits. Those are the things, and there were some of the assistants, but nothing like it needed to be, nowhere near the level that it needed to be. Those are the things that Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff are having to make up for which is really, really tough to do. I mean, take a guy like Cam Coleman. Take a guy like Perry Thompson or take a guy like Ryan Williams. Auburn was not talking to these guys. Auburn didn't even know they existed because the previous coaching staff didn't want to talk to them because the head coach may or may not have believed in in high school recruiting. So you are having to go up again, and we've talked about this, right? You are going up against programs like Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M that have been in these players' living rooms for the last two or three years. And Auburn's having to walk in and knock on the door for the first time and say, hey, we're still here. I know you don't really know about us. Here's what we have. But you're trying to make up for those lost years. It's really, really tough to do. And you're also trying to do that and convince them that this is the place they need to be with not a whole lot to back it up just yet. That's a tall task. That's a really, really tall task and a hard ask for a head coach and these assistant coaches. Luckily for Hugh Freeze, you have guys like Cadillac and Zach Etheridge who have been here for a couple of years and are Auburn guys and do already have some of those relationships. But that's why Hugh Freeze is spending all of his time recruiting and that's why... He may not be focusing on a game until an hour or 30 minutes before kickoff. He's trying to make up for that lost time. And you're going up against some of the best recruits and the best recruiters in the game of college football. 
334-321-1390. We have blown past our first break. Got to get to it. Would love to hear from you on the phone lines. We'll talk this. We'll talk some college football when we come back before my good friend Logan Parks will join us in the studio coming up in just a few minutes. That's what's here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Good conversation there about some Auburn football, some recruiting news as the Tigers pick up a three-star safety in the 2024 class, uh, adding adding on to um, that 2024 class with Caleb Harris, the three-star safety out of Thompson, um, and just some good overall recruiting conversation. I haven't talked a whole lot of recruiting here recently, so appreciate Spectre calling in. Got a couple of minutes. Would love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. Want to look around college football really quickly. I know we looked at the scores and everything near the end of the show yesterday, but to bring up question of the day uh it's been a little bit since we've done this question of the day biggest result from from over the weekend and and so far through college football um you've got some big results you have some big news as well uh really the big one uh, two big ones actually you have cam rising from utah who was announced that he's probably not going to play this season I'm not going to play and it's been you know kind of just a waiting game with him to see if he's actually going to play or not and he's yet to play this season and then Utah announced that he is probably not going to be playing so that's big news out of the Pac-12 also big news out of the Big 12 is the fact that Quinn Ewers is hurt and the fact that he is not starting this weekend for the Texas Longhorns who cannot afford another loss on the season after losing to Oklahoma just a couple of weeks ago so that's some big quarterback news as well and when you look at some of the results from over the weekend uh, of course Ohio State taking down Penn State um, one it was not an exciting game by any means but Ohio State did come out victorious Um, Penn State now having to really rally and find a way to get the offense going because they have Michigan coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks they play Indiana this weekend at Maryland and then they play Michigan that game is in Happy Valley Uh, that game is at home uh, for Penn State so maybe they have a chance to take down Michigan in that game but Florida State beating Duke this weekend that's a huge result and you start looking at some of those top teams Alabama still alive seven and one right overall five and oh in SEC play Um, they are still alive in what is a crazy SEC right now Um, the SEC is just all over the place especially the SEC West I mean the fact that Ole Miss is still alive the fact that Ole Miss could still represent the SEC in Atlanta, the SEC West in Atlanta. I mean, isn't that just kind of rub you the wrong way a little bit? As you have Alabama five and zero, LSU four and one, and Ole Miss three and one in the SEC. It's still wide open, and uh, you have Alabama and LSU coming up next weekend. I believe LSU's on a bye this weekend, and then Alabama LSU next weekend. If things go wrong and Ole Miss keeps winning, they could go and play in Atlanta. And here's another crazy fact. Missouri is still alive to represent the SEC East in Atlanta because they are 3-1 and one in the conference, Georgia 4-0, and, oh, and those two teams play each other 
in just a few weeks. This weekend, right? Or is it next weekend? It's next weekend. Those teams are on a bye. Missouri's on a bye. That game is next weekend. Of course, it's in Athens. But, you know, that's just how the the schedule game goes uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. But Missouri could represent the SEC East. Wouldn't that just be a, a weird SEC championship? Missouri and Ole Miss. The viewings and the ratings would be terrible. Oh, my gosh, they would be terrible. I think it could be a good game, though. I think it'd be a good game. The offenses would go nuts. That would be a 50-55 to win for whoever came out on top. And if both of those teams continue to win and you only have one loss on the season and you become SEC champions, are we going to have a Missouri or an Ole Miss possibly go to a college football playoff? Stop the madness. Stop it. That's so ugly. Oh, gosh. We hope not. But college football... It's all over the place this year, man. It really, really is. My friend Logan Parks will join us in the studio coming up. He has a fishing tournament coming up that he's going to promote. And also, he just made a really, really big accomplishment when it comes to bass fishing. We're going to talk about that. Great friend of mine. I'm excited to have him in the studio. He joins me next here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on ESPN 106.7. We appreciate them being our studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. Well, taking a break from some football talk and uh, for one of the few times on this program, we're going to talk some fishing because I've got a great friend of mine uh, and somebody that is killing it in the fishing game right now. Logan Parks joining me in the studio. A great friend of mine. And again, he is out doing massive, massive things. Logan, great to see you, brother. It's been too long and I appreciate you joining me in the studio, man. Yeah, Jacob. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, excited to be here. Well, first of all, congratulations are in order um for you because you were competing just a couple of weeks ago uh in 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 a tournament and trying to climb up in the rankings and you have now qualified for the 2024 elite series in bass fishing and for those people that don't know what that is and really what that means tell them what that is and and what it takes to get to that and really just how big of a deal it is because it really really is massive yeah man so the way that fishing works is similar to other sports you know you start in high school work your way up to college Mm -hmm. and then there's like a minor leagues which is called the Bassmaster Opens yeah that is kind of where you fish and try and qualify for the elite series which is basically you know your professional level of any sports like the NFL or making the PGA getting your PGA tour card you know it's you got to fish your way into it and uh we finally did it we yeah. came close last year and uh, it felt good to come back this season get it done punch our ticket yeah. to the 2024 elite series this is it like this is this is what when you start out fishing what year i mean when did you start fishing like competitively 
So we started the Auburn High School fishing team when right. I was in eighth grade, and that's the first year that I fished a tournament. And so this is what you've been, this is what everybody aims for, right, is to get to the Elite Series, get to the top. You're with the best of the best in the entire country, I would assume. Um, and and you're out there competing week in, week out, all season long, right, just like you said in any other sport. Yeah, the Bassmaster Elite Series is the top of the top. You know, that's the 100 best guys in the world. Well, 100, and, that's uh, it. There's 100 of them. That's it. Yeah, only 100 guys. We've wow. got nine tournaments plus a uh, the Bassmaster Classic, which is like the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's what you want to – you know, that's what our goal is to get to now is uh, do well in the Elite Series so we get invited to that. That's so. awesome, man. Well, the, again, congratulations. I know we've been talking off air, but um, congratulations to you. That is such a huge accomplishment, and uh, I know something that – you uh, have been striving for for years and years and years and that really is such a huge accomplishment but with that uh, you are really really good about um, giving back in the Auburn Opelika community with the fishing community which by the way is growing crazy I mean it is rapidly growing it's one of those sports where uh, I don't think it was as popular maybe five or ten years ago, but now, especially in the age of, of social media and everything, I mean, it is really, really growing, and there are tons of people engaging with it, participating in it, and a ton of fans of the sport, too, I feel like. Yeah, man, it's absolutely exploding, especially at the high school and the college level. Obviously, Auburn University's got a pretty good fishing team. Yeah. That's where we fished in, in college, but uh, the high school side of things, too. I mean, the recent national championship they had this year had 481 boats of two wow. two high school kids per boat. So, I mean, you're talking about a championship people have to qualify for. There's like over 1,000 kids there almost. Wow. So, it's uh, it's really blowing up, but we've got an exciting event coming up. It's uh something that I've been working on all year long. Um, I started the Logan Parks Fishing Foundation. We're a nonprofit, and we're hosting the first annual high school college chaos presented by Abu Garcia. Okay. It's going to be here in Auburn, Alabama. Been working with Anthony Turling and all their uh, all their partners at AO Tourism. Super excited to bring this one-of-a-kind event here to Auburn. Um, it's a unique format where a college angler fishes with a high school angler okay so they're paired up yeah typically it's like a high school tournament or it's a college tournament there's Mm -hmm. no this is going to be kind of the first bridging of the gap between those two programs okay and uh, i think it'll create some awesome recruiting opportunities you may not know but there's a lot of colleges out there probably 30 or so that actually give like full ride fishing scholarships to high school anglers okay how about that i'm sure that's probably like you mentioned i'm sure that's probably not the most common knowledge i feel like and maybe scholarships going unused that that people can try to qualify for and this is a great way to do it yeah it's going to be an awesome opportunity for that i think uh, a high school kid will have a great chance to make a name for himself get to meet some of those top college programs in the nation and you know showcase his skills in the tournament and hopefully maybe get a scholarship to go to those schools or yeah an invite to come and come and tour and you know for the college guys you have the best chance in the world to meet you know, your future teammates and potential recruits that could come make make a name for themselves at your school. So that's awesome. works both ways. Yeah, so I assume you're going to be inviting those colleges to come in and, and basically use it as almost like a recruiting weekend, right? I mean, come in just and watch the tournament and see the results and, and talk to these kids and allow it to be a, a two-way conversation between the college programs and the high school kids themselves to kind of jumpstart some of those conversations in high school recruiting. 
Yeah, that's the plan is to make it basically the pinnacle of, you know, high school and college fishing recruiting. Heck yeah. And uh, that, it's going to be, a, you know, a really cool opportunity. We've, we've got a great venue, thanks to Anthony, that we're going to be putting it on at the Tiger Walk Club, actually in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Nice, And nice. then uh, the weigh-in on Sunday will take place at the Auburn Junior High School, or I guess it's the Auburn, yeah, Auburn Junior High School. Mm-hmm. That's where it was the high school, but now right. it's the junior high. Right, but, right. Um, it's going to be an awesome, awesome opportunity. We're going to be giving away $15,000 to first place in the event, guaranteed. There you go. So, How about uh, that? You can you can help pay off some student loans. Yeah, or yeah, Maybe absolutely. for a high school guy, he can help pay for his college. You know, it's, yeah. it's going to be great great opportunity well anthony and all those guys and everybody over at AOR tourism does a fantastic job they do wonderful wonderful work for events like this and getting everything planned and we love anthony here uh, at auburn network he does a great job so as you mentioned fifteen thousand dollars to the first place winner total purse over forty thousand dollars in cash prizes and more uh, than a hundred percent entry fee payback and so uh, is there a special format for this tournament compared to any other tournaments that these kids are competing in college and high school or is it just with you having a college and high school or paired up so typically with a tournament you go out and you catch your fish you catch your five biggest fish Mm -hmm. you know largemouth spotted or smallmouth bass then you bring those in to weigh in and the weigh-ins at the boat ramp but with this tournament we're utilizing the fishing chaos app and technology is a company that i work with okay um and we're going to be actually doing a catch way photo release format where how in the, the world anglers, does that work the anglers are going to have uh two we're going to have tournament scales that we pass out to everyone they'll be you know calibrated equally mm-hmm. and then on the boat as you catch the fish you're going to weigh it on the scale take a picture that shows the weight in the picture holy smokes then release the fish and uh so <laughs> they're, what they're actually going to oh come back God. to auburn and figure out if they've won or not and not you know have a weigh-in i guess per se okay so is this all taking place like is everybody going to be fishing in the same location or is it all going to be in separate areas like you said and everybody coming back here like how is that going to work so the tournament is actually the tournament waters is on lake martin okay so they'll all drive to lake martin sunday fish and then come back Sunday afternoon to figure out, you know, for, to have the trophy presentation and all that. Yeah. And like you said, uh, it's going to be a, a big payout, over 40000 in total purse. And we got some awesome partners. Abby Garcia has been the title sponsor of the event, Morris Shea Bridge Company, and Lynch Toyota of Auburn here stepped up, and they're supporting us. So we're super excited and thankful for all those partners the technology that's unbelievable <laughs> i mean i mean think about fishing and, and how it has grown uh in just the the sport itself because it is a legitimate sport i mean this is real deal competition talking real money here and the fact that you don't have to come in and actually weigh in you're going to take a picture on your smartphone and it's going to weigh it it's going to identify it and you can submit it all from your boat i mean that's that's got to be a time saver if anything else right yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. There's not a whole lot of that. This may be one of the first ones, you know, that's that kind of format going mm-hmm. on. But yeah. we've actually got some uh, pretty cool judges. They're going to be judging each picture as they come in live. Okay. And if the if it's you know they can't read the weight on the scale, they'll call the angler and say, "Hey, I need you to resubmit the photo." So it's going to be. We're giving away a lot of money, so we got to make sure that you know the rules are followed. So yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. on the lot at stake here. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's sure. a lot going on and a lot at stake here. Well, we're talking with uh, Logan Parks, who uh, again, really, really great friend of mine and uh, the the founder of the Logan Parks Fixing Foundation, and talking about your upcoming tournament. 
tell everybody the dates, uh, where they can sign up, who can sign up, how they can sign up, all that type of stuff. Let everybody know uh, all of that information for people that are listening, maybe people that are interested or sharing the information around. Yeah, so it's it's November 8th through the 12th. Mm-hmm. The practice period will be November 8th, 9th, and 10th, and that's for the anglers to go out and fish Lake Martin and get a feel for the place. November 11th, we're actually going to have an off day where we do some stuff here in Auburn in the Tiger Walk Club, going to have a banquet, going to cater some food. It's going to be a lot of fun, have a guest speaker. And then November 12th, Sunday, is the actual tournament day that that's going to take place. You have to be in high school or in college to fish. So if you're interested or if you have, you know, a kid out there that you know or your son or daughter that may want to fish, mm-hmm. you know, tell them to check out the Fishing Chaos app or go to the Fishing Chaos website and uh, just create an account and you'll be able to find the tournament in the tournaments tab. If you can't figure that out, just hit me up on Instagram, <laughs> Logan Parks Fishing, and I'll get you taken care of. There you go. You have a huge following on Instagram, by the way. I, I keep up with that, and your following is is massive. And I'm sure that's just continued to grow with with the tournaments that you're winning. And now that now that you're on the pro series, man, I'm sure your your following and your fans are just are following and and just keeping up with you like crazy, man. Yeah, it's been cool. It's it's a cool way to uh, to inform everybody. You know that what you got going on and it's been great you know to grow this tournament as well get get the word out i mean i've got some high school kids coming from california really yeah okay so well that was uh, that's where i was heading was i assume anybody in the country that wants to get involved with this can be a part of and you've got kids from california coming in for this that's really really awesome man that's fantastic yeah and, it's it's gonna be really cool i mean obviously it's more easier for people regionally to come oh, close course, you yeah. know georgia florida alabama guys but it has reached you know nationally so that's uh, great and this is year one right this is the first time you've ever done something like this yeah this is the first one right now we've got 65 teams registered so we got 130 anglers total okay and uh we're hoping to get 100 before it fills up so sign up before november 5th and uh, you'll be eligible to win that okay fifteen thousand so yeah yeah fifteen thousand dollar first place prize so november 5th that is uh that's two weeks from this previous sunday so you've got a little less than two weeks to sign up uh, again tell them the website and how they can get signed up um really quickly and again i appreciate your time man this has been great yeah just go to fishingchaos.com and uh you can click on the find a tournament tab at the top right of the page and then you'll see the logan parks fishing foundation high school college chaos tournament you can click on that and register right there if you can't figure that out go over to logan parks fishing on instagram or facebook i've got a lot of info out there on my pages about it and send me a message and uh, i'll get you taken care of awesome man well hey again congratulations on on making it uh you're you're a pro legitimate pro now on the highest level in the fishing game and so congratulations to you for that congratulations on this tournament i'm excited to see uh what the success rate is of this sounds like you've got a great sign up already and i'm sure uh, you're going to get a ton more in the next week and a half or so excited for you um in just getting this off the ground and man you're doing a lot of great things and i think it's really really cool that you're wanting to help college kids but especially high school kids to have those opportunities uh to get into fishing and to hopefully continue on fishing through college and hopefully follow your footsteps and try to get to the biggest levels man i think that's just really really unique thanks jacob thanks for having me on yet uh, i wouldn't be where i'm at today if it wasn't for those high school and college fishing programs so i'm just trying to do my part to help grow the sport and uh 
Hope to see you out there. Absolutely, man. Check it out, fishingchaos.com, or hit up Logan Parks on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, check him out and uh, keep up with him because he's on the big stage now, folks. He is doing some really, really great things. He's a great guy, and really uh, appreciate him hopping on. And I know you were wanting to plug it all, and so, again, I appreciate you stopping by and having you on the show. Go check it out. You've got less than two weeks. If you or somebody you know is wanting to be involved, college or high school fishing tournament here locally in Auburn held right up the road at Lake Martin. Go and check it out at fishingchaos.com. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Big thanks uh, and shout out to uh, my friend Logan Parks, who uh, is the founder of the Logan Parks Fishing Foundation. He's been fishing for years, folks. And uh, I was friends with uh, his his girlfriend in college, Caitlin, and her and I went through journalism together. Uh, we went through Auburn together and met Logan, of course, and, and he just does fantastic stuff. He's a great fisherman, but as I mentioned multiple times, he is doing a lot of great things here locally for Auburn and Opelika, and he's he's on the biggest stage now. He's He is on uh, the professional series for uh, bass fishing, and so once again, congratulations to him. Go check out his tournament. If you or somebody you know uh, in college or high school that is wanting to get involved, uh, if you're already fishing and looking for uh, a way to get exposure in the college fishing world, um, go check it out at fishingchaos.com or hit up Logan Parks on his Instagram or Facebook. Um, the fact that he is literally my age and a top 100 fisherman in the United States and is putting on his own tournament is pretty insane. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the, the things that he's doing. Um, so he's a good he's a good guy and, and doing a lot of great things. So go check it out. I'm glad he was able to come by today, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed hearing about that uh, in that last segment. But we've got a couple of minutes before we get into – hour number two um coming up in hour number two uh we're gonna have daryl daprich who joins us every tuesday at 3 30 i believe i got some insider information uh that jack hudden may or may not be calling in to start the second hour as well so you don't want to miss either one of those guys calling in uh because they always have a lot of fun things to say but as we wrap up this first hour uh we were talking some uh just college football and michaela our intern and producer was giving me a lot of crap for my take about how Missouri and Ole Miss would be a terrible SEC championship game it may be exciting I'm just saying the ratings would be low is all I'm saying so but the fact that both of those teams are still in the running to be in the SEC championship game just tells you kind of where college football is right now but we've talked about this too looking at the AP poll we're, what, a week away from the first college football playoff rankings? I believe they get released next Monday, which is Halloween, or maybe next Tuesday on Halloween, um, which is a week from today. We are a week away from the first college football playoff rankings, and I think we're nowhere better than we were a week ago, or even two weeks ago, when you try to answer the question, who's the best team in college football? Or who are the four? best teams in college football or what if there was a 12 team playoff this year it would be an absolute disaster right now you would have according to the ap top 25 and i know this is not exact because you'd have automatic qualifiers and and stuff like that but you're looking at 
Ole Miss being in there. You're looking at Oregon State possibly being in there. You're looking at Penn State being in there. Alabama's in there. And you look at the top four right now, and it's Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State with Washington and Oklahoma right behind them at five and at six. But we know that Georgia has not looked great this season. We know Michigan is still trying to find somebody halfway decent to play on their schedule. Ohio State hasn't looked overly impressive, but they've got two really impressive wins with Notre Dame and Penn State on the schedule. Florida State got a good win over Duke this past weekend. They did beat Clemson, but we know Clemson's not what they normally are. And the rest of their schedule isn't all that bad. They've got Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, UNA, which is North Alabama, and then Florida, which that game is at Florida. And if the Gators continue to play halfway decent, could actually end up being a pretty good game. But here's the problem. The parity in college football is massive because you look at this top 25, and there are teams all over this thing that I think if you go head-to-head, if you take anybody within the top six, we'll say, because those are the undefeated teams left in college football outside of Air Force and James Madison. Sorry, don't want to don't disrespect James Madison either. But the top six teams, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, Oklahoma, are all undefeated. If you take any of those teams and put them up against seven through 17, how confident are you that they would all win? Because here are some of the teams below them, seven through 17. You have Texas, which I know that's kind of questionable and up in the air with the Quinn Ewers information. You have Oregon, who was a missed field goal away from going to overtime with Washington, and those roles could be reversed. You have Alabama, who's 7-1, which, if they continue to play better and get better, could beat anybody. You have Penn State. If they could find a way to score, they could beat anybody. You have teams like Ole Miss that can score at will. How about LSU? They're still hanging around in there, and I think they could beat anybody in the top five if they play high enough on offense. So, College football's all over the place, man. It's crazy. But guess what? That's what makes it so awesome. That's why we love it. And it's going to continue to be this way until we get to the Final Four. Hour number one is in the books. Stay tuned. I believe Jack Cutton's going to call in and talk a little Auburn with us coming up as we start the second hour. Plus, Daryl Dapritz joins us in hour number two as well. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned here on ESPN 106.7. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you on this gorgeous Tuesday afternoon. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to go and find the podcast. We'll post it commercial free right after the show today. Uh, Be sure to go and find that. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. That's our station website. Just click on the podcast center and you'll find it right there. Or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Uh, We talked a lot of Auburn football in hour number one. Talked some Auburn recruiting in hour number one as well. I also had uh, my friend Logan Parks, who is the founder of the Logan Parks Fishing Foundation and also uh, just made the Elite Series for bass fishing, which is the highest level of professional fishing. And he was promoting uh, his fishing tournament that he is hosting here in Auburn coming up in just a couple of weeks. So great information there. Uh, If you missed any of the first hour, you can go and listen to the podcast later on today. But here in hour number two, we're still talking Auburn. We're still talking football. We're going to get Jack Hutton in here in just a couple of minutes. We're also going to have Daryl Daprich, our weekly Tuesday guest. He will join us at 3.30 to talk Auburn football versus Ole Miss and kind of get us ready for Mississippi State coming up this weekend. Phone lines are open. Would love to hear from you. What's on your mind on a Tuesday afternoon, 334-321-1390. And we start hour number two by going to the phone lines as our good friend Jack Hudden has called in. He wants to talk a little ball. Jack, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? How are you? Good, man. I'm doing good. It's another gorgeous day. What's on your mind? Man, it's uh, it's not quite the greatest weekend to, to be an Auburn Tiger this past weekend, was it? No, no, it, it wasn't great. And, you know, it, it's, been a, it's been a rough stretch uh, for – for Auburn and for Auburn fans, some of them are starting to say they've forgotten what winning feels like. <laughs> yeah, I think I can commiserate with him a little bit. Um, you know, I think it's interesting how the quarterback situation continues to be something that we're deliberating, and we're and we're seven weeks into the season. And I don't know if I necessarily uh, foresaw a quarterback controversy this far into the season, barring some sort of injury uh, when we first started the year. You know, I think it's I think it's odd that uh, we've gone back and forth since the Cal game, really. Of well, the coaches don't seem like they're a big fan of the two quarterback system, and we continue to see it. Um, and so, I got to say, I'm a little puzzled. And I was glad that uh, I think it was you that brought up the question in the the press conference uh, to Hugh Freeze after the game. It was you know we've seen this since the Cal game started. And we got a re- we got an answer of well I don't know if this is the right way to go so why is it still the way that that Auburn's chosen to go I think that's that's a little I'm making me a little bit curious to be honest yeah no I did that's exactly what I asked him was I was the uh, I asked him the very first question post game on Saturday uh, after the Ole Miss game and and that's how I worded it I said look you know he told us after the Cal game um, when we saw this two quarterback system where he wasn't very pleased with it and wasn't happy how it went down and yet here we are and we're still seeing it and so I asked him I said what's the mindset right what 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 is the thought process behind using this two quarterback system And, and here's my problem Jack and I've told you this my problem is this is not okay, Peyton Thorne's going to start and he's going to play these first three drives, but then we're going to put in Robbie Ashford when we feel like we have an advantage in the run game, and then we're going to put Peyton Thorne back in to finish out the game. No, this is, 
all right, Robbie's going to get play one, but then we're going to pull him out and we're going to put Peyton Thorne in for the next two plays. And if we are on fourth and short, well, maybe we'll put Robbie back in. But then on the next drive, we're going to have Peyton Thorne start the drive and then we're going to bring Robbie out. Like, it's just... It's just so confusing to me, and I and I can't figure out what the strategy really is. Yeah, you and I actually got to talk about this some this past weekend. That the I think the series of plays that was the most frustrating, I guess, that showed the most of uh, of question marks on the offensive end is I believe it was in sometime in the third quarter. Um, but you have a drive that is about at midfield, and, and Robbie Ashford's been the guy for the first two plays. And then you run a sub-team out there who I think it was supposed to – it may have been the same package that we saw on the goal line where Jarquez Hunter was in the Wildcat. Um, but it, my question to that is, you know, why not leave Robbie Ashford in there for that package? Because now you're subbing out and you're giving the defense time to substitute on a third and two when you've already run two plays and you're going to run – again, most likely it looks like you're going to run the ball – So you've already got three tight ends out there from the previous format. Why not go to a heavy package? Just leave Robbie Ashford in the game if you're going to hand off the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, Auburn gets the substitution penalty, and they back him up five yards for Robbie Ashford to come back into the game for Peyton Ford, who had gone out there for that play, only to turn around and hand the ball off. (laughs) And so that 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 was just an odd sequence of events for me. Yeah, it was, and that's what I talked about a little bit yesterday, and you've heard Auburn fans like yourself bring that up, and it's like, look, if you're going to go this route, cool, we just got to see a little success, and that's the biggest thing is is Auburn has been running this type of system seven games into the season, eight weeks into the season, and you're still failing to score more than 21 points or 24 points in in Power 5 games against Power 5 competition. And so at what point do you say, okay, this isn't working. We've got to find a guy, whether it be Peyton Thorne or whether it be Robbie Ashford or, heck, whether it be Holden Gurner, and say, we've got to find a guy and stick with him and then create a game plan around that particular quarterback. And... I don't know, Jack, if that comes from just a pure lack of confidence or lack of faith in these quarterbacks or if they really do feel that they have a chance to to, to be good with, with a multi-quarterback system. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure of that either. You know, I have my suspicions as to, as to what I think it is, but I think a lot of people are calling for the same thing uh, in terms of the, the principle of what's going to happen. I'm not sure that the, the fan base has quite decided on who they want that guy to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that I know that there's a large portion of the fan base and probably a majority at this point um, that just want to see Robbie Ashford in the game as the all-time quarterback. They want him to have the run packages, but also have more of the full offense at his disposal. You know, you want to be able to to throw the quick routes. You want to be able to throw the deep ball, but you also want him in as the running uh, option. And to be honest with you, Jacob, I'm actually leaning a little bit the other way. You know, I know that Ole Miss was in the prevent, um, more of a prevent defense on that last drive, but you got to remember the passes that Peyton Thorne threw on that last drive when Auburn was driving were inside about the 30-yard line. And it's hard to play prevent defense with only 30 yards to go until the end zone. Right. So, you know, I think that there's a little bit of merit to – Auburn can line up in this short passing offense and try to really lean into Peyton Thorne's strength of 
get the ball out fast. You know, don't don't have these long developing routes downfield where Thorne's having to sit in the pocket and wait for something to come open. Run a one-read play where you're going, I've got Rivaldo Fairweather on a slant or I'm throwing the back shoulder to, uh, I don't know, to Camden Brown down the sideline. You know, something that allows him to make quicker decisions because I think the longer he's back there, it goes worse for Thorne. So you brought him in for a reason. I think it's time to stick to one of these guys. Regardless of if it's Thorne or Ashford in the backfield uh, on Saturday, I think it's got to be just one of them. Yeah, and and when you start talking about the different routes and the offensive play calling and those game plans, I'm with you because the receivers have proven to this point that they are not, they don't have the capability to get downfield and get open. The timing is never on, right? It's almost never there. And these plays are taking too long to develop. And Peyton Thorne doesn't have the time. Not that the offensive line is playing bad, but he doesn't have that much time to wait on those guys to get open and wait for the timing to work out for him to find a window to throw the football into. And we know that he does hold on to the ball a little too long as well, but I'm with you. He needs a one-read, crossing route, fade route, post route, whatever it is, quick, easy. If he's open, throw it. If not, maybe have a check down to a running back. If not, throw it away. Or, like we've seen Peyton Thorne do already this season, tuck it and run. Take off. Take off and run because we've seen Peyton Thorne get comfortable in games this season early on by running the football. Well, I think you're right, and that that lends to another point here because I think you know a lot of the a lot of the um, a lot of the points being made for Robbie Ashford is well, he helps you in the running game. He's more explosive. He's able to uh, to open up more lanes. You got to look at yards per carry this year for each of these guys. Peyton Thorns at, at four point two, Robbie Ashford at four point five. So you're not losing a whole lot necessarily, in my opinion, if you go Peyton Thorn running the offense um, and just leave him out there. You know, I think there's certainly you know Hugh Free says there's a package for Robbie Ashford, and there there certainly could be. I think he's very good. Um, at some things, you know, obviously he's an elite athlete when you when you when you look into his intangibles. But I don't know if it's at the quarterback position right now for Auburn. To be honest, I think you're you're going to have more success going with the guy that gives you the pretty much the same amount of yards per carry. It looks like um, he's still a threat to run, but he's also a threat to if you're opening up the offense at all to go to this short passing, to go to this RPO game. Because I'm not sure I've seen, or at least we've, at least I've seen, I'm not sure we've seen that ability from Robbie Ashford yet. The one, two, three step and hit a slant over the middle or right. hit an intermediate post route. I'm not sure that exists with Robbie Ashford. And, and, and I don't think it does. And you mentioned this, and I think a lot of people have mentioned this, is you went and got Peyton Thorne for a reason because you didn't trust Robbie Ashford to run the offense and to get you wins. But you also can't deny that the offense works better when he's in the game. I mean, it just does. And so, but somebody on my show yesterday, one of my callers brought up a point about whoever you pick, pick one and stick with it because Peyton Thorne is constantly having to look over his shoulder and wait for the call to come off the field and run in Robbie Ashford. And I think that's a really good point too, Jack. I think it is. I definitely think it is. I mean, the, the main point here, and you know, I've got my opinion on who it should be, but 
I think my, the biggest overall point you can make about this is you got to go with one guy. Um, I, I don't think that you can continue the, the carousel because your offense can't get in a rhythm like that. Your play callers can't get in a rhythm. You know, we, you keep hearing that, that Montgomery is still the play caller, but then you hear these little tidbits of, well, sounds like Threes is calling the plays for Ashford. Montgomery's calling the plays for Thorne. You don't really know what's true. It's just where there's smoke, there tends to be fire, mm-hmm. and it seems like there's a lot of smoke there right now. Um, so, you know, no, I don't know what the, the solution is necessarily. Um, I've got my opinions, but that's not why I'm – that's why I'm not paid um, what I am to go coach football every week. Yeah, yeah, you better believe it. Well, let me ask you this before uh, before we, we get out of here. How is your – where's your confidence level moving forward for Auburn? We know the competition gets easier, right? You're playing Mississippi State and, and Vanderbilt and Arkansas. We know that the competition level – does get easier but where is your confidence going into uh, a game this weekend against mississippi state and those other sec games before the iron bowl yeah i don't to be honest with you jake i don't necessarily think that uh the auburn fan base um i I don't think that they are are being quite as easy on a team if they had had a mississippi state or a vandy or a New Mexico State during this four-game stretch. I think a lot of this is magnified in the fact that you lost four straight. But the the crux of the issue is you've lost four straight to four top 25 teams, if you're calling Texas A&M a top 25 team. Um, and that's the reality of the situation. You've been through a tough stretch. You had some road games. You played a number one team in there. Uh, and so it's not the world is not falling around you now. Obviously, the future is bright for Auburn, and we can talk about recruiting all day. Um, and I've certainly got thoughts on that. But for the rest of this season, your competition is going down. You've got teams that you match up with better. You know, Mississippi State is not the offensive, air it out passing juggernaut that they were when they came into Jordan Hare a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's walking through the door again. I think Auburn uh, is able to, to kind of stymie that with their defense. And we've seen from Auburn that when they get into games against teams that um, is more of a low-scoring game, I think they've got a much better opportunity. So I think that Auburn can can look for a win in that one. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I think that while I'm not going to say any game is an easy game, uh, that's one that you circle thinking you can win. I think Arkansas is starting to look a little bit more uh, like there's blood in the water there. You know, they've got to go to Florida before they play Auburn. That could be a seven-loss team going into that game in Fayetteville. Gosh. And the New Mexico State, I mean, down the stretch here, there's so much opportunity for Auburn to turn things around this year uh, and then go into the Iron Bowl, already bowl eligible, and, and play in for something, uh, something a lot more, especially more than with recruiting going on in the state. So I know that's a very long-winded answer, but I, I still think that goals are on the table for Auburn this year, and uh, it's just going to be on the coaches to figure out what do you do moving forward, even with the decrease in schedule strength? Yeah, it comes down to, in my opinion, you just got to find a way to win games. And thankfully for Auburn, the schedule does get easier. And you, you went through a tough stretch, but you are on the back end of that and, and playing it a little bit of an easier schedule. Um, Jack, appreciate the call, man. Always great to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it.
Yes, sir. That's Jack Hutton joining us, uh, calling in on the phone lines. He wanted to talk a few and have a few talking points and, and get in on the conversation. Would love for you to be a part of the conversation as well. 334-321-1390. We've had great calls today. We'll get to a break, come back, talk some more Auburn because coming up at 3.30, Daryl Daprich will join us and he'll talk some Auburn as well. We'll be talking Auburn Ole Miss, looking ahead to Auburn and Mississippi State coming up this weekend. Give me a call, 334 321-1390 You are on the line on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app Let's get to the phone lines. Got a couple of people waiting to get here on the show, and we want to be sure we have time to talk to both of them. 334-321-1390. And we'll start with Ed. You're on the line, Ed. What's up? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, yeah, I, I had a couple of um, – just a question. Okay. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks at Auburn, uh, I, I know you probably read – there was an article that I read today where uh, you freeze pretty much. It, it seemed to kind of intimate that uh, we're going to that Robbie Ashford may play a lot more mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, did you see that? I did. Yeah, I saw the article. I'll admit I have not read it, but I, I've seen those headlines kind of floating around. Yeah, he, he said he said something to the effect of he may just stay in. You know, but uh, on, on the quarterbacks, uh, you know, with, with uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name. There's a four-star uh, quarterback, big boy, uh, going to be there this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then K.J. Lacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lacey's, Lacey's a big name for sure. Uh, yeah, do you think Auburn? Uh, I mean, uh, I, hey, Walker White's been a great ambassador for Auburn, and you know, I, I know he's a good guy, but fifty-three uh, percent of completion is not good in high school, you know. Mm-hmm. But KJ Lacey and, and the other guy, I can't remember what he's a four-star. I cannot remember. He is. A, yep, he's a four-star in the twenty twenty-five class. The twenty twenty five class, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, but he looks like a dang grown. He looks like a <laughs> yeah, he does. He he's a he's a big boy. There's no doubt about it. And and there's some big some big schools. I think uh, Texas is the one that's really pushing hard uh, for yeah. uh, for KJ Lacey right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, for KJ, yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah. We're talking about both of them. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I was just talking. Before I called y'all, I was talking with uh, a girl I used to date. That her and her uh, boyfriend and family coming down from North Carolina for the mm-hmm. game, and uh, I told her, you know, I, I think Auburn's going to win this game. I just do. I, I don't. I, if they don't, it's just so. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this weekend. I've look. I've heard people put it in the the borderline must win category which I don't I don't use that term a whole lot and I haven't completely said that yet but there's a lot of Auburn fans that feel like it very well could be yeah and one other thing on that uh you know uh Auburn fans please you know 
their recruits and everything out there. Don't be booing the team right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't like that. I don't. I don't know about you, but I, you know, nobody liked how the game was going. Right. Whatever happened, but you know, you don't boo your team. Yeah, that's not me all right guys Oracle. yep appreciate the call ed appreciate it and uh no I, i'm not a fan of that either uh, i'm really really not i'm not a fan of of booing at home but um i just look i get the frustration i'm not a fan of it um and and look fans are going to do it at times but and again i understand the frustrations and you want the progress now but yeah recruits don't need to see that recruits don't need to hear that you're absolutely right and, and speaking on kj lacy i have my quarterbacks messed up he's the one who he is 2025 20, um he is the one being recruited by texas but he is more on your smaller side i think a lot of people comparing him to a malik willis or maybe even like a bryce young type of size but the athleticism is there with him in that 2025 class so yeah auburn i think has sort of turned their focus to 2025 while 2024 may not be done they are sort of looking at 25 let's get to the phone lines quickly one more time 334-321-1390 terry you're on the line man what's up Hey, Jacob. Hey, if Auburn can win these three in a row and go into the Alabama game with a chance to put a nail, take the horseshoe out of their rear end and mm-hmm. go 7-5, and five, that's kind of what everybody expected, right? Yeah, no, uh, 100%. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, right, Terry? 7-5 and five would have been fine with me. 6-6, six 7-5, six, exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it's very dangerous. Other comment I'll make, Jessica, uh, Jacob, I'm going to hurry. The, uh, the – People tend to play the what-if game. That's very dangerous. It's my favorite game, if, Terry. <laughs> okay, well, what if what if, a, what if TJ, I mean, uh, um, the running back, I'm, uh, the, um, playing with the Jaguars now. I, I'm drawing a blank. I'm having a senior moment. Anyway, Biggs Bigsby, Tank Bigsby. Oh, 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 he, oh, okay, okay, okay. What if he goes down in bounds and Brian Harson's still there this year? Because if, if, if they beat Alabama, he's going to make it real hard to get rid of Brian Harson, the worst hire in SEC history. Yeah, isn't that a scary thought? Isn't that yeah. a scary thought? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if Auburn would have fired him if they if if they had beaten you know if 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 that had happened and those certain things had happened with before this crate the the last year of him right. I mean, there's definitely a chance. They they would have had a hard time firing a man that just beat the biggest rival. Quite honestly, let's be let's be totally honest. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely even, chances. Even yeah, the, even though the overall direction of program was terrible under that under that idiot. So, but but he got he's, like I said, he got fifteen million. It's gonna be hard to get his sympathy from me. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Hard to feel bad for somebody that just got paid fifteen million dollars to not yeah, really. do their job. I don't get near, nowhere near fifteen million for doing nothing. I'm better out than he is. No, and I work a whole lot harder than he is right now. Take care, Jake. Appreciate it, Terry. Appreciate the call from you and from Ed. Um, yeah, the, the the next game's coming up. It is simple. It's absolutely simple. You win the games you're supposed to going down the stretch if you're Auburn. Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State. Those are games where I have a good feeling Auburn is going to be favored in all of those games, as you should be. Maybe the Arkansas game, you may not be a favorite, but if you're not, it's not going to be by much. You would not be an underdog by much. But you should win all of those games. And if you do, you are... A seven-win team with a chance to beat Alabama to go eight wins in year one under Hugh Freeze with this team, this roster, with all of the limitations that it had, you have a chance to be an eight-win team with a a win over Alabama at home in Jordan-Hare Stadium, which is a lot harder than it sounds with me just saying it here on the radio. 
But that's what you have the opportunity to do. But it goes back to what I said yesterday about the Ole Miss game and why it hurts to lose that game as much as it did, or even the A&M game, or even the Georgia game. Those three games that were winnable for you, if you were to have won just a singular one, and you take care of business in these games coming up, you would be an eight-win team when Alabama comes to town with a chance to be a nine-win team to beat Alabama in year one under Hugh Freeze with the roster limitations. That's what you missed out on by not winning one of these last four games. And you got to do it by making progress and showing some positivity. That's what Auburn fans want to see. And we're going to talk about all of that with Double D, Daryl Daprich. He'll join us on the other side. We'll talk Auburn Ole Miss. We'll talk Auburn recruiting and preview Auburn and Mississippi State. That's what's coming up. Don't go anywhere. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They are our studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. And it is Tuesday at 3.30, which means we've got one of my favorite guests of the week, Double D, Daryl Dapperts, joining us on the phone lines. Daryl, it's been too long, brother. Hope you're doing well. It really has been too long. I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear you back in the fold and you got over your sickness from a couple of weeks ago. I have a little confession to make so oh, that no. I get this out of the way. Uh-oh. You know, I need to listen to your promos all the way through or your reads because a couple of weeks ago you talked about where you were, the Auburn Plaza Bar but it was a, it was sponsored in a studio. I thought you were out at the bar, <laughs> and I and I made the comment, "Oh man, dude, I need to come out there and join you." And probably you and everyone listening going, "What's the big deal about Daryl going to a studio?" I thought you were outside. Oh, you know, I nice must have missed outside. you say that. Yeah, I did. And then I went back and listened the next week, and I said, "What an idiot!" I, am. <laughs> I, I pretended that you were on. At a bar outside, like at a deck, you know, I could just see you chilling <laughs> on a nice afternoon, fall oh, afternoon, no. you were in the studio, and I totally misread that. So, my my fault, my bad, okay. you know, I want to be transparent, I All got right. that mixed up a couple weeks ago. That's the sponsorship of your studios. So yes. You um, well, I totally missed you saying that, and so I'm sure all my listeners have been holding that against you for the last couple of weeks. And they it's have. obviously They're been like, eating. Why do you have that clown back on? Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously yeah. been eating you alive. And so, no, the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge—they are our studio sponsor. But we are here in the studio. I wish I was outside today. It is gorgeous. I mean, it is, oh, it is. a beautiful I mean, day. I wish I was outside yeah. on a deck somewhere. But hey, some of, hey, some of us got to work, Daryl. Exactly. That's where I'm calling you from is I need to come up with a sponsor of my office. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Get you an yeah, office sponsor. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've all been working over the past couple of weeks, and it's been some work with uh, this Auburn football team on a four-game skid, Daryl. Um, before we talk specifically Auburn and Ole Miss, I mean, Auburn, Auburn's got to find a way, man, to get some wins because some of the fans are starting to lose some faith, uh, lose some faith and lose some patience in this team. Yeah, I have um, had a few days to kind of process everything, and I, I, I've gone back and thought about the podcast that Zach and I did after the game Saturday, and 
you know, looking back on it, I probably was a little bit um, over-emotional about the way that game went. And, and, and I think from a bird's-eye view and being able to kind of just step back for a couple of days, there's a couple of things that I think are real important. Number one, this stretch of four games, everybody knew was going to be brutal for mm-hmm. Auburn. And a lot of people predicted that Auburn would come out of it three and four. This season's kind of going chalk. Kind of like what I thought they would win one of those four, find a way to win one and come out four and three, but most felt like three and four. So it's kind of going where, where it, it was anticipated. Number two, though, the problem is I, I get being three and four. It's how Auburn got to three and four, how they look currently in this four game stretch. The offense not having any kind of continuity or identity or improving, progressing. I would have thought that you would have seen Mark improvement and it hasn't happened in fact in some cases Jacob it's regressed a little bit um you know I I think that there are some things that I did not see a Hugh Freeze coach team doing the undisciplined penalties the personal foul out of bounds when the play's you know completely over the breaking the huddle with too many men giving up a third and 22 on a run play um, all the false start penalties that Auburn's had the last couple of games, the, the untimely penalties, those kind of things, I just, even with the middest of rosters, you can still keep from making those kind of mistakes and put yourself in a bad situation. That's the disappointing part to me. That has nothing to do with talent. We can talk about talent evaluation in the portal, which I all think we all could agree that Auburn missed on some. I mean, Mostly they, they missed from an evaluation standpoint. But the things that I just talked about, even the poorest of football teams with the poorest of rosters can do. Now, that being said, the next five games are, in my opinion, what's going to define this Auburn season and this Auburn coaching staff. Because any new coach that comes into a program has a schedule or a timetable. Jacob, if Auburn wins two of the next five, I think they're behind schedule. Mm-hmm. If they win three of the next five and finish six and six and go to a bowl game, I think they're probably right where they need to be from a timetable standpoint. If they win four of the next five, win their bowl game, go eight and five, look really good in the Iron Bowl, then I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule. The whole season is right there to be defined the next five games, in my opinion, because Auburn has a shot. Four of the five, they should be favored. And the the Iron Bowl, I know Alabama's playing really well, but the Iron Bowl and Jordan-Hare, you know, you never know. So I think that the next five games, we're going to truly see what this football team is made of and what they are. Yeah, I'll admit that I've been, when talking about the win totals, looking down the stretch and what Auburn could become, I have not been including a bowl game uh, just you know, in what a possible win total is, because we know the history of Auburn and bowl games, Daryl. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not it's not very good when Auburn gets to a bowl game. But when you look at this schedule and you look at the previous four games compared to the next four to five games, I mean, you, you can't have the conversation without stating the obvious the competition level is nowhere near what Auburn just went through, the gauntlet that Auburn just went through. That's why, without trying to sound overdramatic, Saturday's game is the biggest game of the year for all. It's a tide turner. It's a swing game. Meaning, you beat Mississippi State at home and get to four wins like you should, 
Now you've got Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Arkansas, uh, you know, and, and, and Alabama. But that three stretch, you should for sure win two of the one of those at least, and perhaps should could win all three. But I think that you know the Vanderbilt, New Mexico State games, you could be a double digit favorite depending on how things. So that's why this miss you lose to Mississippi State, and now you've got to beat Arkansas. Uh, Vanderbilt and New Mexico State to even think about a bowl game. This game Saturday is the swinging gate game. It's the it's the deciding thing as to far as in my opinion, Auburn wins it. They're back on track. They got a good shot to get to six. If they lose it, they really have some problems, I think, and have their work cut out. Not to say they couldn't come back and win three straight. Mississippi State beat Arkansas. Arkansas is a dumpster fire right now. Vanderbilt's not playing well. New Mexico State is New Mexico State. They lost to UMass who Auburn boat race. You get the Mississippi State game out of the way at home, which you should hold serve and win. Now you're in a good situation with those other three games. It's a little bit of wiggle room to take care of business and, and get to what you need to do to be bowl eligible. We're talking with Daryl Dappert here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. He's a weekly guest on the Locked on Auburn podcast with Zach Blackerby and is also uh, the Montgomery radio legend. When you talk about the Mississippi State game coming up, you have to go back and look at what happened just a few days ago in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And you talked about already the, the discipline and the bad penalties and stuff like that. But outside of those, the actual football that was played, Daryl, there's a lot of questions coming at Hugh Freeze right now in this coaching staff, and, and the biggest one is, what in the world are you doing? What is going on with the offense, and, and what is the game plan and the mindset for this team? Daryl, w- how do you break it all down on what the strategy is for Auburn football, especially on the offensive side? To me, it looked like Hugh Freeze feels like he doesn't have that guy at quarterback so he's trying to do whatever he can to hold fort, hold the fort down, get through that four-game stretch, and get to a stretch where it, it, you don't have to worry about being outgunned in a shootout. We talked about the LSU, Ole Miss game, Georgia game. We said you can't, you can't trade scores with teams like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Mississippi State, you ain't got to worry about that. You can ugly it up and play the kind of style and score 17, 20, 24, 27 points and probably come away with a win and let your de- – so maybe from an offensive philosophy standpoint, all he was trying to do was keep his head above water, try to kind of see who was going to emerge and what identity this team was going to have because right now there is none. There is no strategy as to rhyme or reason to what is going on offensively. So maybe you learn from – having three, four poor performances, exactly what you are and what you don't want to be, and you simplify. Maybe you see more Robbie Ashford over the next couple of weeks, and you run it more, uh, you know, because you could be more successful against the teams that Auburn's going to play on the ground. Uh, maybe you come up and, and, and do some things, give Robbie a little bit. If, if he's the guy and he gets some more snaps, maybe you trust him a little bit more to throw because you're not as afraid of making a mistake and thinking, well, we can't trade scores. If we don't get an opportunity to score and they come back down and score and we dig a hole, we're done. Maybe you don't have that mindset against these next four teams. So I think, I just think that there are some little clues that Hugh Freeze is putting out in his press conferences that I suspect we might see more Robbie Ashford and we're going to see more of his hand in the offense. 
with far as play calling scheme, that kind of thing. And I, and for the love of God, I hope we don't see any more double passes. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he admitted. Uh, what what were the words that he used, Hugh Freeze? He said it backfired, right? It didn't work. And some and, of my good friends and some of the good contributors at Locked On Auburn are defending that play, and I love them to death. But like <laughs> Zach and I said, there is a, a time and a place for a trick play, but on the on the fringe. A field goal range yes. when points are such a premium, and I get it. I, I hear people say, "Well, the linebacker blew that play up and stopped Jeremiah Cobb, or hit him in wide open." Well, they blew that play up because right before the snap, the defense was screaming "double pass, double pass," so they knew what was coming. Yeah. So yeah, if Jeremiah Cobb doesn't get tackled, maybe he gets by the defender and it's a big play. I get it, but there's too many maybes in that scenario. When you just gashed them to get to that point, and let's keep in mind, Thorns, you know, the face mask got grabbed. They should have been running that play from the 25 instead of the 40. They're on the periphery of field goal range, throw a screen pass, read option, something, whatever got you down the field. I don't know why coaches get cute and overthink things and go away from things that are working. I, I just, it blows my mind. I've always subscribed to the theory of do it until they stop it. Yeah. And Absolutely. that drive with Peyton Thorne, with his legs, Auburn and Hunter, they, they moved the ball from the 25 to the 40 and were rolling, and I just think that completely kills momentum and flow. So there is a time and a place to do that. I mean, do that from your own 25-yard line when they're not expecting it. But when you're in field goal range, man, and you're it's a one-score game, points are at a – how big – go back and think about it. I'm an if and buts guy, and I need to stop, but I am. <laughs> I just I, I drive myself crazy, but I want you to understand this. How big is not getting off the field on third and twenty-two when Ole Miss scored a touchdown on that drive? That's yep. seven points. How big was it when we broke the huddle and didn't have an opportunity to kick a field goal, went from third and one and to third and six, and couldn't keep the drive alive? And then that double pass. Okay, so Ole Miss gets a field goal instead of a touchdown, and Auburn gets two field goals. <laughs> That's a two-point game. Yep. I mean, that's a swing that Auburn's right there. And those now, are those little plays. Things. Those are the plays that so, Hugh Freeze are talk, is talking about each and every yeah. Monday. Those are those seven or eight swing plays that he talks about every week, Daryl. When you're losing and you're not playing good football, those plays go away from you. You'll watch. When Auburn starts to win again and gets this thing turned around, and I truly believe they will, they won't give up a third and 22 on a running play. They won't break the huddle. They won't run the double. There are, they won't throw the ball into cover two and run a post before the half and get intercepted or throw the ball. I mean, we can even throw the interception in that, to me, looked questionable whether it was interception or not mm-hmm. that Peyton Thorne threw into the end zone, another if and but. Those type of plays in and itself, one or two, don't amount to much. You start stacking four or five of those, and you start turning those into – points for the opponent or points for you, and you start playing the plus-minus net game on that, just what I said, Auburn wins the game by a field goal. I mean, I'm not saying that the whole rest of the game would have went that way, right. but just from a purely number standpoint, you know, you don't know if Ole Miss wouldn't have been in prevent at the end of the game and let Auburn go right down the field with slants and digs and all that stuff, which we hadn't seen for a long time. But all those things matter, and they all add up. And when you're not winning games – you better, especially if your roster is not comparable to who you're playing, which you freeze, keep screaming and keep saying, then you better take care of those things to have a level playing field. 
Daryl Dapperts joining us here on the show as he does every single Tuesday as Auburn looks to take on Mississippi State once again on Saturday in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, Daryl, if you had to give the biggest factor, the, the thing that has to happen for Auburn to get their first win in SEC play and try to turn this thing around in the back half of the season, what would it be? I, I believe 100% that they have to score first. They have to have a fast start. They haven't done that. It, it, in, except for Georgia, you go look at the look at the first drives, the second drives. I think Auburn has got to start quickly. If you start fast in this game, having not started fast the previous three or four, I think you get a completely different feeling, mojo, vibe about the game, and you start thinking because I don't think Mississippi State has the offensive firepower to come from behind. So starting fast is a great thing emotionally and crowd-wise and feeling good about yourself, but it also gives you points on the scoreboard that puts Mississippi State behind, and they're not a team that's comfortable playing from behind. So a, a quick start, a start fast. Auburn being the team that gets out in front for the first time in a while, I think is the key to that game. We'll see how it goes down. Daryl, as always, man, I appreciate you. It's so much fun. I look forward to this segment each and every week. You are on with Zach with Locked on Auburn every Friday. You also do the post-game shows, uh, his reaction shows, I should say, uh, when the Locked on Podcasting Network as well. So tell everybody where they can find all of that and find you as well, brother. Well, you can follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. You mentioned the Locked on Auburn uh, appearances Friday, and then after the game we post it Sunday. And guess what? Starting next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, the basketball pods kick in. Yes. We start doing the shows after the basketball games. We do most of those live, and we will cover Wednesday's exhibition against AUM, uh, the team that decided that Daryl Dappers could not play college baseball anymore and cut me. Oh, that's who we'll play. so yeah, I got a little yeah, I got a little mad on a little little bitter, but anyway, that's who we'll that's who Auburn plays next Wednesday night, a week from tomorrow. Zach and I will be there, and we will do a reaction live pod just to kind of kick off the season, a little preview of what we saw. Man, I'm excited for basketball season, aren't you? This team is so talented, I can't hardly stand it. Yeah, I mean, I think there could be a couple crossovers, right, when Auburn plays Indiana. Yeah, yep, that's right. Hint, hint, that's exactly (laughs) right. Daryl, as always, man, I appreciate you and your time. I appreciate your friendship. You're a wonderful dude, and you know Auburn so well. Thank you so much, man, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right, have a great week, my man. Thank you, Daryl. That's Daryl Dapperts, Double D, joining us here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it all up here on ESPN 106.7. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Got a couple of minutes before we get out of here. Uh, big thank you to Daryl Dapperich who joins us every Tuesday. Also, if you missed it in hour number one, thank you to uh, Logan Parks who is a friend of mine from, from college who is the founder of the Logan Parks Fishing Foundation. Uh, he just made uh, the 2024 Elite Series for Bass Fishing which is the uh, top ranked, um, it's the pros. It's the pros of the pros, the best of the best the top 100 fishers in the country. Uh, He just made that circuit, and he's hosting a fishing tournament here in Auburn coming up in November in just like two weeks. And so uh, be sure to go and check out 
uh, that's from the podcast. He gave all of the information uh, for it. It's a really, really cool event, college and high school crossover. Uh, so be sure you go and check out all that information. We had that. We had Daryl Daprich. Tons of great conversation on Auburn and Ole Miss. We've talked some Auburn football recruiting today as well. It's been a really, really good show. So if you missed any of it, be sure you go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways at ESPNAU.com, our station website, or you can find it, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. You can find it commercial-free after each and every show. And so here's what's coming up tomorrow on the show. It is Wednesday, which means it is Rivalry Wednesday around here. We'll talk to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We'll also talk to uh, Austin Hannon of Bama Central the uh, Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. So our Georgia writer and our Alabama writer both on the show tomorrow getting caught up uh, on the Georgia Bulldogs as they are still the number one team in the country. We'll see if Jordan has any sort of update uh, on Brock Bowers and kind of tell us what that impact is for that Georgia football team. And we'll also talk to Austin, uh, I believe, about Alabama as they are coming off the Tennessee win and preparing for LSU next week. And so uh, that is what should be coming up on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Do want to shout out uh, the drive coming up today from four to six. They have a recorded interview with Auburn basketball head coach Bruce Pearl. Uh, They will be playing that on the show today. If we have time later in the week, I'll play it for you as well during my show but be sure you stay tuned for that their interview with bruce pearl earlier today previewing the 2023-2024 auburn basketball season you don't want to miss that on the drive here on espn 1067 that is coming up but for me jacob goins i'm done i am out of here i'll be back tomorrow for rivalry wednesday here two to four on espn 1067 until then stay safe i'll talk to you later